0: Welcome to the School of Humanity podcast.
1: You are made in the image and likeness of God.
0: Not only does God long for you, but you are like Him.
1: What does this mean for you?
0: How does it affect your view of God?
1: How does it affect your view of yourself?
0: How does that affect everything? This This is is the School of of humanity. Humanity. Hello and welcome to episode 32 of the School of Humanity it's Rachel Bowman
1: and Jason Bowman.
0: and we are so happy to be here. It has been a little bit since we have recorded one of these. Um, we had a little
1: something happened,
0: a visit from Hurricane Irma, <laughs> uh, <laughs> super rude, uh, but I was very thankful for, um, you know, Jason and I, Jason, we both live, have lived in Florida all of our lives. Well, except for, you know, those first three years of my life or so that I was overseas in the Philippines. But um, you've been here all of your life. I have. Right. And um, in 2004 was the last time that there was kind of something of this magnitude that happened to the area. Jason was not here. He was in Jacksonville. Right. That's also really rude. I mean...
1: By here, you mean Lakeland. By
0: here, you mean Lakeland. Yeah, sorry. sorry. They know where I meant. They meant right here on my couch. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But... I was in Lakeland in 2004, and for those of you that don't know why I keep talking about 2004, 2004 was when three hurricanes came back-to-back back, um, in Lakeland. There might have been like a week reprieve between each one, but they came back-to-back, back. Um, and they came right through Central Florida. And uh, I was a senior in college, and I did not think I was going to graduate. that Florida Southern? And, because um, of the hurricanes? Because of the hurricanes. I mean, we weren't in class. I mean, we were out of class for like week and a half each time just because, right. you know, you couldn't really recover from the last one by the time the next one came. It came and, and hit you. Yeah. And um, at that time, we did not, the classes were not, um, they weren't canceled the whole time. So like right. they were canceled like when the hurricane was coming through and maybe a day or so after that and then they would... Um, have classes it was really strange though it really wasn't like class you'd have to go and like get um they do attendance in a dark room and then tell you that you can go back to your dorm wow yeah it was pretty intense there were like trees down around campus um Uh. but then at another point during that i wasn't at school like i was at school but they had released us so i went to orlando um, which probably wasn't a great idea either because I was still like right in the heart of it. Um, and I remember two of my friends that I've been in high school with, and we had gone to all gone to separate colleges, but we were all together during that storm and all huddled in a bathtub in an apartment building. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> very intimate moment,
0: yes, very intimate moment. Um, probably was actually, it was, it was actually a great <laughs> night, you know. I think that there's uh, obviously, besides all the devastation that happens with a lot of these, you—if you come through it unscathed—really beautiful memories are made out of those. But, but we 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 looked out pretty good, even though at the last minute the eye went right over the city of Lakeland where we live.
1: Yeah, I mean it was pretty frightening about two o'clock in the morning.
0: Right, and you know we have our four kids. Um, we all kind of camped out in the living room. We brought all their mattresses into our living room. So there were like three twin mattresses lined up. And um, <clears throat> all, everyone was just, the kids were all, our, our boys are are kind of scared of storms anyway. Um, the girls don't really, you know, the you know, strong independent women that we're raising mm-hmm. around here.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I should rebut everything that you just said for mankind <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> our poor boys are going to listen to this when they're like in their teens and be like mom you're the worst um but actually they did well everybody did they did well do they braved well. the storm and they they fell asleep like eleven, twelve o'clock yeah so everyone like that. was asleep by that time and then um we
1: got up briefly you know when it was getting real bad and
0: and and uh, not very smart. We like sit right outside the, well, not well, outside. Yeah, we wanted
1: them to see it, you know.
0: Well, we did too. We sat in our. We have a large, like, I guess, family room area, but it's our playroom for the kids. And there's French doors that lead out to our backyard. And there's this huge hickory nut tree. They look like walnuts, but it's hickory nuts. And um, and then our fence at our backyard and everything there. And we just sat there and i mean you want to talk about just the power of of nature mm-hmm. and just watch that tree
1: yeah i mean there's part of me that was like this is amazing you know uh, even though it brought so much tragedy to so many people um just the sheer awesomeness of nature like that is just something that where you can see you know god it's humbling right, right. i mean uh it's a force that's, that y- it cannot be controlled.
0: Right. You know, <laughs> right. We can try our darndest. Um, right. And, uh, and we fell asleep.
1: Yeah. We fell asleep. And
0: next morning we woke up, there wasn't any power or anything. <clears throat> of some, course.
1: Yeah. And I woke up to a text from my neighbor who said, I heard your tree go down.
0: And that was what, like 20 minutes after we went to sleep. Yeah. We must've like really passed out. Yeah, well, I'm point. sure we did. Um, but we uh, so the hickory nut tree fell, and that tree was probably That's I mean how massive. many feet tall do you think that tree uh, was a hundred,
1: yeah, maybe, I mean, it's huge,
0: and so um, gigantic tree, and it fell away from our house and just barely nicked the neighbor's house behind us, just yeah. the corner of their house, not not a lot at all, right, um, and then we we didn't have power for seven days, yeah. Um, luckily Jason's parents did get power, you know, three or four days in. So we went and lived with them. Um, and goodness for
1: the kids anyway.
0: Yes. And the kids were out of school and everything. So, um, especially Abigail at four months old, you don't really understand why you're just disgusting, nasty and sweaty all all the time. (laughs) So, um, but we did really well, just lost the tree and lost a shed and right. And our fence in our backyard, but.
1: I heard a lot of stories like that too. Like one guy today, one patient I had was saying how he had like five trees go down and he's like, it's amazing because each one fell a different way and just missed my house. You know, (laughs) it's like, wow.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Thank God. But you know, there were other things that were not so unscathed, you know, the kids went back to school after a week or week and a day. Basically they had the whole next week, that next five days and then the first day of the next week, and then they came back, and um, it was just kind of sad. You know, the boys are coming home. One, uh, get, Jeremiah came in and was just like, you know, so-and-so from my class, his house is flooded. You know, he's not living at home now. Right. And uh, and thank God for FEMA but in those situations. But they're also not able to fund, like, luxury hotels, you know. Right.
1: So, I mean, and some of those, some people lost their homes. I mean, right. It's
0: I mean, I saw, I saw pictures of uh, homes here in Lakeland. Cause Lakeland, I don't know if you've ever been here, but Lakeland um, has a lot of large trees. Yeah. A lot of trees. A lot of oak trees and things a like that. A lot of that. lakes too. I mean. Yeah. And so it's a lot of the, um, a lot of the pictures that I saw was like a house, like a ton of trees just falling on a house or. Right there one of the worst that i saw was a house that the tree had fallen and just went right through their living room right and um and then you imagine it doesn't stop raining so it's raining during all that time yeah and they lost everything in their house you and know and
1: then the heat starts right then, ugh, i mean
0: and i mean if that tree in our backyard would have fallen towards our house we would be homeless right now you know we yeah. wouldn't um if
1: not you know god god for big right. you know we got injured cuz i mean it could have crushed us. I mean, we were in the living room, and that tree would have fallen fairly close to us anyway. I mean, that would have been horrifying, but...
0: So thanks be to God, but tonight, you know, in light of Hurricane Irma, Hurricane Harvey before that, Hurricane Maria now, um, and just some various other things that we wanted to share with you guys from our hearts, we really wanted to talk tonight about... Um, what happens, you know, when things like this happen, when there's tragedy, when there's um, catastrophe, when there's sickness, when there's dying. Um, and you'll probably hear us get choked up a little bit tonight because we'll be touching on really kind of opening our hearts in a way that I don't think we really have so far um, with the School of Humanity. But um you know, I I don't know, I'm sure that most of our readers, or readers, are you, are you currently reading our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> um, most of our listeners, I'm sure, are on on Facebook or some form of social media or how you get your news, you know, most of the time it's, most of the time it's Facebook. Right. Um, or if you get like a news feed to your to your inbox. But usually after most of these tragedies, you... Um, the next day you wake up and they're talking about all the tragedies, like right even right before um, Hurricane Irma came, everyone's frantic. You know, all the waters flying off the shelves, right? Um, stores are running out of ice. Even I mean, this is the first weekend, which now it's been like three weeks. Has it been? Was it three weeks ago? Um, since I've gone to the store and there hasn't been limited quantities right. on all of the stuff that you need like ice um Guess. gallons of milk gas yeah um bottled water they for the longest time after the hurricane even hit there was just a <clears throat> a limited quantities you know you can only have two bags of ice per per family or right um and so but one of the things that i had seen it was really beautiful right before um hurricane irma was people were going to go and get generators and a lady had gone in to get a generator, and her husband had recently passed. And so she was really kind of doing it all on her own. And, um, and so she walked in, and the last generator was being put onto a cart, you know. And the guy saw her get visibly upset, and he gave it to her. Um, he bought
1: it for her, didn't he?
0: I don't remember. I feel like... I think he did. Yeah, and, and she just sobbed, you know, right. was crying. It was just like, you know, there's still good in the world. Yeah. Um, and so, of course, you know, there you there you have all these feeds of like, or stories of like tragedy occurring, and all these people have nowhere to live. And but then you see things like that. You see the beforehand of people giving of themselves in that way, and also in the aftermath, you see civilians, you know, giving of their lives to to try to help out their neighbor or um, volunteer. Like even after Hurricane Harvey. Um, we read for a while a story. I'm sure everybody saw it like the thing that you could download to your phone that would like turn your cell phone into a walkie talkie. Yeah. Um, but they used that thing, whatever it was called, to um, communicate after Hurricane Harvey. And we, I read a lengthy uh, article about a woman who helped to kind of filled all of the calls that were coming in on that of people getting trapped in various places right, and and, and needing to be saved, you know,
1: she's having dialogue with these people and they're in the midst of their tragedy.
0: Uh, right. And you had all of these people volunteering to, um, to try to help all the people, especially it's, you know, a hurricane to hit Florida is one thing because Florida, You know, honestly, we say it like it's a silly thing, but it's true. You know, we've, this is our lives, you know, you have snow days up north and in Florida, you have hurricane days. Right. Um, And I mean, it's literally built into our school calendar. If you are listening to this from somewhere that's not in Florida, which would be amazing and very strange for us. Um, But the hurricanes are just a way of life. You know, when this time comes, you buckle down and we have hurricanes and people think we're crazy for staying, and most of the time we do. Right. But having a hurricane hit Texas. Right. It's just a totally different monster, you know.
1: And they don't have the drainage system, to, so, you know, they flood. Right. And their soil's different than here and, and all of that, so.
0: So it just, um, but most recently, you know, we, we just recently had a friend who was diagnosed with stage 3 um, renal cell. Mm-hmm uh so kidney cancer and um then i was speaking with someone today who uh the breadwinner in their family was recently uh, lost their job um and then this summer uh back in july my mom passed away and you know you wonder a lot of times like why like today earlier today my heart was just so heavy you know um and singing about our friend with cancer and just the, the things of the moments of tragedy that happen around us. And I was just so heavy with it. And I texted Jason and I said, you know, my heart is so heavy. And do you remember what you said? You remember all of our text message conversations verbatim, don't you? Right. <laughs>
1: um, I don't, um, I don't remember exactly what I said.
0: Well, podcast world, I'm going to share with you exactly what my husband said to me today. I said, um, my heart is so heavy. And your reply was mine too. I prefer the perspective that this brings though. It helps you not sweat the little things and remember what is important. It forces you into your proper perspective in terms of our mortality and complete dependence on Christ. You're pretty good. You know, <laughs> that's why I married him, folks. <laughs> um, I mean, he didn't talk like that when we first met, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs>
1: so is it because of you that I started? To...
0: Well, now <laughs> that, that we've made just that, come that uh, full circle, yeah, there we go. I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> you are the source of my greatness.
0: <laughs> you heard it here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, um, when you're watching all of these things, like with hurricane, all the hurricanes that have come through, all these feel good stories before and after. Um, I mean, I weep. I mean, I would watch these things on Facebook that would pop up of, uh, various things and just cry. And, I know that if we sit with that and we, we think about why we're crying, we're crying because we know, like your heart knows that that's what the Lord intended this world to be like. Right. A world that is devoid of hatred and is just constantly concerned with the other.
1: Yeah. Well, we walk around selfish a lot. Right. Um, and it is extremely taxing to live that way. We all have that person that we know that is so focused on themselves, at work or at church, even or you know somewhere in our life, maybe in our family, who's just always talk directly to me, negative and um, (laughs) and just miserable. Walks around, never smiles, and um, I mean, why is it? That's because they their their ego fills up their entire thought process, you know, really there and it's and it's saddening. It's burdening to always be concerned about yourself more than someone else. Right. Um you realize it when you get married too just how sanctifying that is and when you have kids. Right. Just like know. I mean,
0: I made you holy.
1: Right. Here we go again. We're back <laughs> to that same conclusion. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Our poor listeners, if they ever if, if any of them have never met me in person or anything, they're gonna have a very poor view. Um but it's it's true that it just it helps you to to become an altruistic person. And it helps you to and that altruistic person that you become is actually who the Lord intends you to be. Mm-hmm. Um but
1: And who the Lord intends you to be is who you are.
0: Right. You know. Um the, you know, this summer, my mom, um, just to share with you, my mom has had um, kidney disease. Uh, she found out when I was in college, and so she had her first kidney transplant was when I was in college, um, and eventually that kidney shut down, and then her good kidney shut down right behind that, and then, um, and actually, I think around the time that she was thinking about getting another kidney transplant was when... It was right before Jason and I met. Right. Um, yeah, It was right after we met. And so right Jason, after. that was mm-hmm. actually when Jason met my mom was we had driven up to Gainesville because my mom would always come down to Shans. She lived in North Florida and she would come down to Shands and we were meeting with her doctor there and, and we all found out then that she wouldn't be able to get another kidney transplant. So uh, for lack of a better thing, I mean, that was what, like almost 10 years ago. Um, but we knew no. that was a death sentence, you know, that night. I remember knowing that, that would be that would be what would take her life would be um her kidneys. And so that was probably the first time that I was extremely vulnerable with you was we had driven up there and when we were driving back do you remember that? Right. Um, we were pulling out of the parking lot and I just leaned on your shoulder and just wept. Yeah. Um and uh wow, I think I had forgotten about that. <laughs> 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 but my mom and I were just, we've always been really close and, um, it might've faltered a bit after, um, her husband had died. My stepdad died about four years ago. Um, and I, I just didn't understand. I don't think I understood mourning very well. And, um, and I, I wasn't trying to understand that I was not a great daughter during that time, I believe. um, <laughs> I don't know about that <laughs> well, thank you honey um emotionally, I mean, you know, I was there for my mom in a lot of ways, but uh, anyway, so she when she came down um things just kind of took a turn for the worse there towards the end, and um her kidney disease is ultimately what took her life, you know because after after your kidneys stop working, your kidneys regulate so many things, so. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, after that, a lot of things happen, and so I remember um, my mom passed away on July 11th, and uh, and I just remember after that, just thinking that I I don't want to lose touch with everybody, you know. Like I was like, you know, I want to keep in touch with their family, and and it was really beautiful on yeah, her because
1: we had a, a really great um, reception funeral. and mm-hmm. funeral, uh, but the reception afterwards where we just had all of her pictures out and all the family over and it was a it was a communion among souls that doesn't happen too often in in, in your right. family in our family you know
0: and I mean I would say just like all the hurricanes and things, and especially with um, and with losing my mom and I think in 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 moments of death right you know we um we are able hopefully to rise above whatever quarrels we might have had on this earth or whatever problems we might have had and um, discover who we were created to be and who we are created to be is mm-hmm. someone that is forgiving and mm-hmm. someone that loves beyond anything that we think we could possibly be able to. Yeah. And my mom reminded me of that, but just um, today what really brought up for us um, is one of our, our good friends was diagnosed with um, kidney cancer, and I think we could share well a bit without mentioning any names or anything. yeah. He's
1: a young man. He has kids, you know, and wife. <laughs> He's in ministry. He's a wonderful man, you know.
0: And you visited with him today. Can you? It, what happened when you went and visited?
1: Yeah. So I mean, I ah, uh, I was the walk there was long and. Yeah. Jason, Uh, you know, know,
0: Jason has to round sometimes in the morning. And I told Jason, I said, you know, if you're going to go round this morning, you should, you should see if I think he's still there and you should go by and see him.
1: Right. Um, so the walk there was, was long and I was kind of, um, I didn't feel worthy if you will, to go and, and speak with him, you know? Um, it's such a, delicate moment in his life or, um, and, and I, I walked in the room and, um, you know, it wasn't like the best opportunity to, to say all the things that I wanted to say to him because the oncologist was in there and his wife was there and they were kind of getting down into the medical nitty gritty of what to expect and stuff. Um, but I could tell that he had you know, everything was still very fresh. This news was very fresh um, and, uh,
0: so did you offer to like come back or something? Were you like, I, or
1: no, I, I, I didn't. Um, well, yeah, I take that back. I, I told him, I was like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if, I didn't know if this would be okay, you know? And he just was like, get in here, you know? Um, and he's like, um, he's like, I just need you to hold my hand, you know? Uh, and, uh, and so we just held hands and, uh, and, um, you know, there was a little bit of panic, but mixed with, like, just overwhelmed love in his heart to, uh, to see me, and, um, and, you know, I was just fighting back tears like crazy, and, um, I told him that I had already cried, and I told him that I loved him, and, uh, And he's like, you know, if you want to do something for me, just go home and and hug your kids, you know, which what a thing to say. I mean, you would say that might be a big moment of confusion, but I I saw clarity, you know, Um, and he was saying things like, you know, we need to be praying for everybody who has cancer because now his eyes have been opened, you know, (laughs) Uh, perspective has been gained. And so... It's one thing, you know, we we find it hard to empathize with people who are dying um, because I think subconsciously we we imagine we're going to live forever or something and we're not going to face that mortality. But there's a reason why St. Benedict and so many of the other Desert Fathers and other saints recommended (laughs) contemplating that you are going to die every day. (laughs) They said daily, you know. And why is that? Is that because they want you to be morbid? No, it's because you know, amongst all the tragedy, there's a greater clarity that comes, you know um, and in its humility in the in the truest sense of the word, um, humus meaning of the earth, like um, this. Right perspective that you are dependent on God, and that is a beautiful thing. Like it's a freeing thing. It's 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 rightly ordered to be not the center of your own universe, but to be like a child in the arms of a creator who loves you. Um, and uh, and you know if you don't have faith, then it can be absolutely horrifying and, and confusing and all that. But for for the Christian, you know, we don't hope or we don't, you know, mourn without hope. We, right. we have great hope. And so for us, even this times of tragedy becomes actually clarifying and more beautiful. And I texted you that text authentically. I'm, I meant that like I don't want to lose the perspective that we gain today having right. gone through this with um our dear friends and uh right um losing your mom and my grandfather who also just died uh recently who's very close with me and my family um and so many people that we've lost uh since we've been married i mean we've lost what four
0: we've lost uh
1: four people right both my grandmothers my grandfather your grandfather
0: that's four or five.
1: Your mother. Um,
0: Uncle Cliff.
1: Uncle Cliff, yeah, so.
0: Um, you know, and it's, I, and forgive me if you're listening and I get a little choked up. Um, but I mean, that that is really the greatest desire, you know. And you, you hear it as a phrase of like country songs or just, um. um just phrases of a rebel, you know I'm gonna live like I'm dying, but I mean, God forbid that it is on our deathbed that we decide that we are gonna love right to the nth degree, you know, and um and I say it right now, you know with with this touch of emotion because um it's just so fresh, you know, I was speaking today with my my spiritual director, and one of the things that he brought up was. Um, like photos of the Blessed Mother where he said that it, he, he'd he never realized that most often she had her hands over her heart. And he said, I always wonder why. He goes, but now I feel like maybe it was because she was so overwhelmed with love that she felt it was bursting out of her chest, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so there are these moments, you know, that that you become so overwhelmed with love that all you can do is really weep, you know? Or just sit in silence, just uh, deafening silence over the beauty of <clears throat> what the Lord has given us. And, you know, and losing my mom and then us losing grandpa and, uh, and then going through a, a literal whirlwind after that. Um, you know, it definitely puts into perspective the fact that this life... Is a gift for you to use for your, your sanctity, you know, um, and that it should, it should definitely correctly orient your heart. It should not be the final moments of your heart, of your life that you go, wow, you know, I want to look back in those final moments of my life And know that it was a life well lived, Mm -hmm. not a life that's well lived because, you know, I accomplished so many things, but I want it to be a life that is so well lived because I loved freely.
1: Yeah. And deeply all the people around you. Yeah.
0: Everyone, you know, I mean, why there's, I, I would I I would hope that I would live in such a way that every person that ever met me met Jesus.
1: Well, if Christ is, is the perfect image of love and it was perfectly expressed in his total gift of self on the cross, which is both the greatest tragedy of all history and the greatest victory of all history, you know, there's your answer. Why why does why does tragedy bring about beauty and love? Well, Christ, you know. Um right all things s- circle around that moment. um it is the fullness of time, you know, when Christ came and uh he is the answer to why is there suffering in this world. Right. Uh, we don't want to hear it. Um we we don't understand it a lot of times, but he has literally transformed tragedy into love. <laughs> You know, yes. and um, so now, anytime you suffer, it's no longer meaningless. Is death bad? Yes, it was never intended by God. Are we supposed to just say, "Well, death is part of life"? Actually, no. Right. Death is not a part of life. Right. Death is the opposite of life. Right. But Christ has conquered death, so now death is no longer really death for the Christian, you know, um, it is your opportunity to share in the absolute gift, um, of self that Christ did. And we know that I don't even have to say it like these moments make you feel it in the depths of your heart, these tragedies. I don't have to prove that you know, it just when you go through it, um, and you see these beautiful things that happen um when tragedies occur um
0: yeah i mean through the it's now been uh in october 11th it'll be what three months right yeah it'll be three months since mom passed and um and i remember at the funeral somehow the lord gave me the grace to get up and say something about my mom and i had said that you know you wonder if you if you'll ever if this pain will ever go away, um, and you know you, it doesn't. I don't think it does. I think you just you learn how to live with it and you go on about things, mm-hmm. um, and then today on on another on another note, I was sitting in a meeting, and I was thinking about our friend who was facing all of this horrible news about, um, cancer and. And I was looking around the room and I was thinking, how can everyone go on? You know, like, how, how are we all functioning when the, this is what's happening, you know? Um, and my next thought was, you know, we've always gone on, but there's been m- this much suffering, if not more, you know, not, not just of our physicality, not, not of death and dying and sickness, but just our own spiritual death, dying and sickness that we're going through all the time that because it doesn't warrant a name, you know, we don't pay attention to it. Um, and by that, I mean, you know, we should be passionate, not only in loving one another, but loving the truth and loving the church. Um, and in doing that, it makes you, it gives you that grace and that ability to, to love others. Um. And thinking about your friend, our friend that, that asked you to hold his hand, you know, Mm -hmm. um, there's just so much beauty in that.
1: Oh yeah. He Um, was a free man in that moment. He was a free man. Yeah.
0: And I mean, it's the same thing with, um, with Christ on the cross, you know, um, his hand outstretched, you know, accepting the nail, um, his body wounded and broken and, And nevertheless thinking of others around him. And that is the same thing that makes true authentic ministry powerful is when someone openly opens their arms and their heart and they let you walk into their wounds, you know? Yeah. Um, which is what he offered to us and which is what I hope that we would offer to other people. And then I hope our listeners offer to other people. It's. Is not necessarily that you are you've got it all together and you're doing awesome and you're perfect and you're gonna be a saint, but that you are not perfect, you know, that you don't have it all together. Sometimes things fail and and that you have wounds, but those wounds are healing because you're gonna give them to the great physician. And but I still can let you see them. Like here, just stick your hand in my wound. Let me show you that it's real and let me authentically love you in all of this. And that's, I mean, that's, that would be the greatest joy right now, which is to be able to pour yourself out freely for another. And I think tragedy disarms you in that way, whether it be the tragedy of losing a home, the tragedy of losing a life. Um they really call you into that. I mean, and and think about something as trivial as losing your keys. You know, you are either called into the the overwhelming feeling that the enemy offers you in that moment. Crap, you've lost your keys. You can't get to where you were going, you're gonna be late. Um or you then are able to be called into this deeper place of gosh, why did I lose my keys? You know? Maybe the Lord wanted me to halt me for a minute to remind me. Then I need to slow down.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I just had this image as you were talking of like, um, you know, uh, when we are so consumed about little things in life, like, you know, taking care of the house, making sure that everything is perfect and in its own place and all the hedges are, you know, done and the grass and all that. And it can become enslaving, you know but right. then a hurricane comes and blows your house down. Then you're reminded, you know, uh,
0: Gosh, what was important.
1: Yeah. Like, Oh my God, all these things. Number one, this house wasn't mine. You know, I'm just occupying it. It's a gift from God. You know, nothing as do I actually own, you right. know what I mean? Um, everything is really a gift and, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to be taking care of this house, not for its own sake, but because it is a gift from God. You know, everything should be, everything you do should be oriented towards Him and for Him, and then you'll be free. Right. And so, in a sense, you've gained this huge perspective, this, you know, right. hermeneutic, that this reality, reality has now changed for you, you know. It was always there, but you were seeing it incorrectly, you know. Right. Um and that gift of a proper insight like that, a proper hermeneutic, is greater than all the gifts in the entire world, you know. It, that's what the spiritual life is all about, you know, is gaining the proper hermeneutic, right? You know, yeah. Seeing everything always in light of Christ, doing everything always for the God who loves you and for being able to be free to be a gift to everyone around you. Um,
0: you know, the, um, I was also just thinking about the fact that, um, I think if I could name this podcast, I'd probably name it, you know, just go, go with the flow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but the, the reason behind that would be that in my mind, I picture, um, the grace of God as, as the current that flows in a river. Um, and so you picture this strong current and everything's flowing along with it. And if you get in that river and you try to go against that, you can probably go upriver for a while. Um, but inevitably every step is, is tiring, yeah. you know, and every moment is exhausting because you're you're putting all of your energy into trying to control the direction that you're going and the direction that you're going is going against the will of God. But if you really let go, you know, and and realize that the, the, the grace of God, the 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 will of God is flowing, it's going, it's happening, but you have to cooperate. And for us, for cooperation, we imagine that to be an action. But in all actuality, in this in this particular instance and especially with this illustration cooperating then would just be letting go and
1: floating Yeah, it's passive
0: and so if you go with the flow of the river and you just let go and you float with the current and you cooperate with the grace of God and with the will of God there may be you know some bumps and bruises along the way but there's always healing and there's always beauty from ashes. And there's always something so much brighter on the other side. You know, we were talking a few minutes ago, and I, was, and I also imagined about um, uh, Paul and, and them being in, in Acts. There's a part in Acts when they were imprisoned. And it says in Scripture that it was so dark, they couldn't even see their hands in front of them. So they started to sing. And he said, you know, weeping may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And so let that just be the way that we live our lives, that there will be times when we are weeping, but if we just go with the flow, if you just fall into the cooperation of the grace of God and the will of God, that joy comes in the morning, that this can only last for a night, it can only last for a moment. But that's... The school of humanity for us is to realize that this is all temporal. All of it is still calling us into the divine, and the divine is joy in the morning. God bless you.